Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. talking today about death to AIDS, finding healing and hope, and our second guest is Carol Lynn Pearson. Carol Lynn Pearson is an author and poet whose former husband, Gerald, died of AIDS in 1984. Through his struggles as a gay man, they remained close friends and were connected by their four children. Carol Lynn chronicles this tragic and inspiring story in her book, Goodbye, I Love You. Welcome to the show, Carol Lynn. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Great to have you on the show Hi. today. Well, um, we were wanted to have this show this week because uh, of the fact that it was uh, national, international World AIDS Day on Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you do any anything? Are you involved with the the uh, that community now? Uh, no, not exactly the AIDS community. I have maintained a very ongoing, deep involvement with the gay community, mm-hmm. especially uh, the religious community, especially in my own religious community, the Mormons. Mm-hmm. Here in San Francisco, just to let our audience know from all over the world. Well, everywhere, because you see, now that we have the Internet, we live everywhere. That's right. And I get uh, emails every day from individuals and families who, who need to talk about this because it's uh, such an ongoing, difficult thing. Right. So I, I know I read your book, how many years ago was it, 10? I know you have a new one out, too, and we can talk about that. But I think, when did you write Goodbye, I Love You? Um, that was published in 86. Yeah, very profound. I, I'm, you know, it was an incredible book. Uh, it's you. a great book. I would highly recommend that you read it if you have a, a loved one who has AIDS. or uh, Well, it's just a good read anyway, Carolyn. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit, tell our audience a little bit about your journey and what happened. Sure. Uh, my husband and I were married in the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City in 1966, and he had already explained to me that <clears throat> that he had had uh, homosexual inclinations and some experience. But we were very young and very naive and very much in Provo, Utah, and uh, believe what we had been told, which is this is just, you know, you get off track. It's just a sin, and you, you just get, you repent, you get back on track, you have a good woman, and, you know, that's the end of it. So we both uh, went into our marriage with full conviction that it was we were going to be just fine. And Gerald learned quite early that while he loved me very much, um, his his homosexual orientation was not changing. And uh, we had four children, and after about seven years of marriage and all of the, the cards were on the table and we, we knew what was going on, that, um, that he, he felt that he would never be able to completely devote himself to this life that he had chosen, that there would always be this other thing that was so hugely pressing him. You know, that is so difficult for women, too. As a counselor, I've uh, seen yeah. different women whose husbands have that inclination, and, and it's so hard because you can't compete. Of course. And you have to understand how deeply profound it is. It, it is not just a runaway lust. <clears throat> it, is, it is something that's a very, very deep uh, core part of the personality. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, for, for four years... Gerald and I struggled to try to keep the family together. And after a move from uh, Utah to 
Northern California. And struggling again here, um, we determined to divorce, which we were very, uh, we were able to, to do this in a, a very friendly, helpful kind of way. In fact, the other day I was going through my diary to, to, to see the, the day when uh, Harvey Milk was killed, and I came upon, it was a very, a very week that Gerald and I told our kids that we were going to divorce. And and I, I recorded a conversation of Gerald saying, I am so, I, I, I grow more and more elated every day to know that we are doing this with love. Mm-hmm. So we, we determined to divorce. And um, and he went off to, to seek his life. And we maintained a good ongoing friendship, and he came out to be with the kids a lot. And um, So he was no longer living in Northern California? Oh yes, he was living in San Francisco, okay. and, I, and I live in Walnut Creek. Okay. And um, so then, six years after our divorce in '84, he he died of AIDS, and that mm-hmm. he, that was in my home here, where I was taking care, care of him at the at the end. So when did he tell you he had AIDS? How long before he died? Well, he had obviously been ill. Well, he was one of the early cases, he, wasn't he, was. he? So he probably didn't know what he had to begin with for some time. Um, right. But I remember when when he first brought up the, the conversation that there was this odd virus going around mm. that seemed to uh, attack gay men. And, of course, that was a bizarre idea. And we mm-hmm. soon figured out, you know, a little bit more than that. But... Um, it, he 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 put off being di- um, going in for testing because he was frightened. He had had um, shingles the year mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and had just not had good energy. But he he finally went in in only in in March of '84 and was diagnosed. And it was after that he went down very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Well, that he and, passed and, away in July of that wow. year. And how did you decide to take him into the home, and how was it for your children? And and I also want to know what you feel like that has done for your family long term. Yeah. Uh, my children and I had been on. We we took a three week vacation to Cal, to Utah. That my the children and I, and <clears throat> I had asked Gerald if he wanted to come out and be with us, and he said no. He wanted to stay in San Francisco for the health benefits. And and he also kept believing, I'm gonna, there's something going to happen. I'm going to be able to, to beat this. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we came back... And people were working on it. They had groups that oh, got yeah, together. And, and, and the, the, the virus had was just identified right around right. that point. And if you yeah. had a positive attitude, you might be able to override right. it. Yeah, there, there were all sorts of thoughts. There was an thoughts. awful lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while we were gone, Gerald did come out to stay in the home here for three weeks um, because it was warmer out here, and he was very, always very, very cold. And I had my friend set up to come in and check on him. And anyway, uh, he, he seemed to be doing re- pretty well when we left, but when we came back three weeks later, it was very, very clear that that it, he, he had just went, gone downhill. I took him in for blood transfusion. And anyway, things um, I, I, I realized then, that that he was just probably going. I didn't know how long it would be. It could be weeks. It could be months. Actually, the doctor told me, and and I I sent the kids to a, a friend for thinking they'd be there for a matter of days while while I got organized uh, with a, a good system and everything. 
And it, it soon became very apparent that it would really only be days before Gerald passed away. And so I, uh, there was one son who, who did not want to go. Uh, and so he, he was the only one who was here at the time mm. of the death. And, and I did explain to the others that it would, it would be um, just a matter of days before their father was gone. And mm. I felt that it would be best for them to, to stay where they were. And they spoke to him over the phone. Uh-huh. So that's how that happened. And, and how it has been for the family, uh, well, of course, a, a huge ongoing a difficult thing and the kids have had to process it at various points in their lives but i don't believe that any of them regrets that we maintained a place for their father uh-huh. at the end and that we did what we could uh-huh. that that has been a good thing uh-huh. have, have you had any special the holidays are coming up now do you have any special rituals or anything you do with the kids or anything that you feel has been helpful for them particularly um, n- no, we we talk about their dad frequently, mm-hmm. and um, and of course you're writing. Oh, sure. I mean, they can. That's, you know. that's that's pretty much the major point of of uh, family work and contact that we have all had around this. Uh, that, well, and, they, and, they and you showed you showed true compassion and empathy, and what a great gift to give your children to see that you don't abandon family when things happen. Yeah. You embrace family. This is their father. Well, so I yes. commend you for do, for having him in your home, and, and and I know you still loved Gerald while he was dying, and still do. Yes, it was, of it was wonderful. And and by that time, of course, my feelings had shifted mm-hmm. to a brotherly, sisterly love. But right, but you see, if, if any of us have ever grown up with the golden rule, which all of us have, then when push comes to shove, you either do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. What would I want someone to do for me? And especially back at that time, this and Gerald and I never discussed the idea that I was going to write about our life. It was just it's, this whole subject was so shameful. Um, but and now, how did you deal with that after? And you know, I think that you've come out and been a wonderful example to people if they've got a family member who's died of AIDS to come out and write about it or talk about it or you know. Yeah. Well, there, I right at the time of Gerald's death and directly after, I kept receiving so many terrible, terrible stories. The press was just full of them, and 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 the 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 gossip lines that I was connected to were so full of them, of of families abandoning their gay children, their children who were dying of AIDS, these young men who were dying alone. And it was just a heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. And though Gerald and I had never discussed the idea that I would write anything, a couple of weeks after the death, it first occurred to me, you know, maybe I could do some good here, especially in my own community that mm-hmm. was not good at all about discussing these things. You know, that's interesting because we were just talking to Susie Peel, and I said, maybe you heard it at the end, what can people do out there? And she said, start in your own community, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So um, I I did I I had a contact with an agent and to shorten all this, um, he quickly sold to Random House a proposal for what became Goodbye I Love You. Now and you were a writer before that yes. too. You're well, a writer listen, and poet. Gerald and... made me a writer. 
<laughs> I remember reading that. Yeah. I, I, I had these these nice little poems that I wrote. And on our honeymoon, Gerald was so excited. Well, he also loved me, but he was so excited about these poems we took along with us. He said, we, um, we've we got to publish these. And nobody publishes poems, of course, almost certainly. So he we borrowed money, and he became a publisher. And mm. and it just was a fluke, and it made me a, a real public figure in the Mormon community. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so it, it was due to Gerald that that my writing career started. Well, how many books have you written? Oh gosh, if, if you count stage plays, if you call if you count small humor books, I've written over forty. Wow! wow. But, but people can browse at, at clpearson.com. clpearson. Clpearson. P-E-A-R-S-O-N.com. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, uh, you know, great picture of you there, your poetry. I mean, (laughs) it's great. Tell us a little bit about your new book that you've just written. Uh, Yes. This new book uh, came out uh, 20 years after Goodbye, I Love You because we're not finished with this subject yet. Now, let's say first, Goodbye, I Love You is a great book. I would highly recommend it, and it is your journey uh, with Gerald. Okay. Yes. And this this newer one is called No More Goodbyes, Circling mm. the wagons around our gay loved ones. Mm, I like that. And it, it is written essentially from uh, Mormon territory, but it's written to a general audience. And I, I have on the, the cover a wonderful statement I got from Rabbi Harold Kushner, who wrote When mm. Bad Things Happen to Good People. Mm-hmm. And this is the statement we all need to remember. He says, thank you, Carolyn Pearson, for reminding us that the task of any religion is to teach us whom we're required to love, not whom we're entitled to hate. Like now we know that you know the conflict between religion and homosexuality is going to go on and on, and we're not going to all of us come to any real consensus for quite some time. But I think the place where we have to all of us come to the table is to acknowledge that we are far from being where we need to be in terms of extending love and understanding to our gay brothers and sisters, to their families. I, I get emails every day from uh, parents who are just beside themselves with loving their child but not having the religious support mm-hmm. that they need. Or uh, young men especially, sometimes the women, but it's, it's the young men especially who contact me to tell me about their suicide attempts, mm-hmm. their absolute uh, incredible depression, a darkness that, that they, they believe that that there is no way out for them. This, so, Carolyn, what about the families after they die? I mean, how do they deal with that? Do you have people get in touch with you? Do you ever have anybody get in touch with you saying, you know, I, I wish I'd done more for my loved one, I'm sorry, or uh, or people, well, the for, communities, I feel still stigmatized or, you know. Um, if you're speaking for a, a, a suicide, the the usual thing is that it is not put out as a suicide. Mm-hmm. It, other information is is given out, which is the case in one that happened just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't often have a family contact me and say, "My child committed suicide. Help me mm-hmm. through this." Mm-hmm. But we kind of get that on the grief blog. Um, so one of the things that, I, that I'm thinking when I'm hearing you talk about this is that there are a lot of unsupported families out there that oh, yeah. are in confusion after the death. Right. 
there's got to be a certain amount of confusion about... And I would think know. some guilt about maybe I should have handled it differently or maybe I should have oh, been no, there question. for my loved one. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the, the deaths from AIDS do con- continue, though not as many as, as before. But whether it's uh, AIDS or uh, suicide or or a lot of difficult decisions that that gay people make when they are not brought into the circle of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my message, that, that we need to bring everyone into a circle where there is warmth and understanding and not draw the circle to keep them out. You know, what, what occurs to me, too, is if you've... If you feel like that has happened and you've lost a loved one to AIDS, you might get involved in your community or your church or whatever in in educating other people, you know, that, about that circle of love. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think many people uh, do when they when they themselves have had this experience. Um, they they insist that their loss be turned to some benefit. And that, of course, has one of, I'm sure, your major themes here. Right, is right. one part of the healing process is yeah. moving on to help. In yes, and, and that's, that's absolutely true. And certainly that's been the case for me. And, uh, in fact, there, there's a, a stage play that I wrote, Facing East, that is about the, uh, the su- uh, a Mormon couple uh, confronting the, death of their, the suicide death of their gay son. Mm-hmm. And we had a wonderful run there in Salt Lake and then in New York, and it's being done in a number of places. But um, people who come to the families who have come to that play have have found enormous healing together to to be able to to reach out to each other and say this is not what we want for our family. So if if someone wanted to read that script, where would they find it? Could they go um, to your website? For yes, it? they could go to my website. Okay, yes. so give that site again because it's such a rich site. Uh, yes, thank you. Well, clpearson.com. My Great. initials, Carolyn, clpearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, dot com. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show, and you're going to read uh, a short piece of your poetry for us, right? Uh, yes. This is a very, very short little verse that I wrote in two that I wrote the two tiny sections two years apart, one in the very worst of my own personal grief, and then the second part of it two years later. And this is called A Drama in Two Acts. I dim, I dim, I have no doubt if someone blew, I would go out. I did not. I must be brighter than I thought. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Great to be with you both. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.